comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me, as always, is Mr. Logan Stump. How's it going, everybody? Good. You know, I was in your neck of the woods last week, but we didn't get to see each other. I was going to say, were you we there? Don't talk, we don't talk outside of here. Oh, that's pretty amazing. What'd you do? Uh, did everything but see you, actually. Right. Yeah, we went to Disney World and, yeah. Is that why you kept texting me asking me where I was? Just yeah. so you didn't have the awkward? Yeah. <laughs> I got you. you. You probably thought I was trying to hook up with you, you know, like meet up with you. No. Yeah. I, I was well, like, okay, well, he's there, so we got to go this way now. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I was wondering why when you text me, I'm at Disney Springs and I show up and I, I saw you check in at Epcot. I was really confused. <laughs> it's like, he must not remember... That we had plans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all jokes. Uh, Logan and I did get to hang out. We got to watch, was it Austria versus Netherlands? Yeah, we did. At Splitsville. That was yeah, nice. It was. It was fun watching soccer with you in person. <laughs> yeah. We never get that to do was it. That was eight years after we met each other at Splitsville. Yeah. So yeah. we're getting up to that eight year part where you, Matt, and I. That's nuts. And Rich met at Splitsville that day, that That's fateful just... August 4th of 2013. That's wild. It still seems like yesterday. Yeah, it does. Uh, uh, just we're, The way we're probably going to structure this is just talking a little bit about each team from the break to now because I was on vacation, so we did not have... Uh, Any time. I thought I would have time. I didn't even have time to record the Loki one by myself like I was probably going to do. Uh, So I have to make up that at some point. Um, But, yeah, we... we, Let me tell you, it doesn't feel like a Friday right now. I I went back to work for two days and now I'm off again. So it's all kind of strange. Uh, But kind of get back in the groove of this. As I I was out doing my thing. You're in the middle of your summer break. So... Uh, both of these, like all, both sets of these games, kicked off like right when I was at my busiest down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at night, especially, it was like uh, these games were like Saturday. Then Sunday was the Union game, and then it was Wednesday, the day I came back. But I was, I had to go over my uh, parents' house that day, so right. I did not get a chance to 
I got to see some of the, you know, when it was actually happening, I got to see some of the BC United Montreal game and another game that we put on while we were there, but they were blacked out of the Union game at my parents' house. How far away are they from Philly? I mean, an hour and a half. They're they're almost the same distance I am. But uh, That makes sense, though, because I won't get to see the Miami game. Yeah, it's just... It's weird. I don't like it. Yeah. It's just weird. Um... Anyway, it you know, I could watch it here, but I can't watch it there. And I never had a problem until this year. So I don't know if it's new blackout rules or what. Because they're in Maryland as well. They're in the same county I am. So right. I'm, not, I'm not really sure what the deal is there. But then I'm blacked out of D.C. United here. He's not. So they're able to watch D.C. United there, and I can't. So gotcha. I don't know how these rules are working at this <laughs> point. But... um. It was good, and I'm wearing my Orlando City kit for the listeners out there because they're playing tonight, the day we're recording this. They're playing tonight. I didn't take this down to Florida with me like I probably should have, and uh, I just had a pizza guy deliver me some pizza, and he said, nice jersey, dude. And you should have like, quizzed him. Where I should have been like, well, I should have just been like, yeah, what team is this even? Do you know what team <laughs> this is? It says it right there, but I don't He's know right, if you like can see The Lion that, King so. Lions. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's a Disney World kit, right? Yeah. Simba, Mufasa. Uh, so that that was nice. Um, when we were down there, I saw a lot of Orlando City stuff. It was, mm-hmm. it was great. Yeah, I think you even saw one of me because you were like, that's an Orlando City kit, like again. I was like, yeah. Dude. We even saw a guy wearing the new Union away kit, the blue yeah. one. I said something to him. Yeah. The, the, the lightning then one. He wanted to hug you or I don't know what yeah, he was trying to do. Yeah, I was I held <laughs> up my hands awkwardly like, dude, nice jersey like that. He thought I was approaching for a hug. Uh we did not hug, but it was it was at a point where it's like I don't think he knew what to do. I didn't know what to do, so I just kind of backed away after that. But uh yeah. I don't know which one was better, that or when Matt uh, cornered Marcin Gortat at Universal Studios and kind of stood. And, and if you don't know basketball, Marcin Gortat's seven one or seven two, and our friends like five seven. And he like steps in front of him and goes Marcin Gortat, and Gortat was like, "No, that's uh, no." I'm like, "Who else would that be?" Like, it's this, I mean, he's got like a bald face. He's like this big. I think he's Ukrainian. He's got this huge like goatee. I'm like, I wouldn't even know who that is. I think you would if you saw a picture, maybe, because he was a wizard for a long time. No, I just started watching. Yeah, but I think you probably would have seen him in passing, whether it been maybe whatever you've seen of the Wizards highlights. Michael Jordan and Gilbert yeah. Arenas <laughs> before oh, yeah. this year. <laughs> the shootout. Like the only two, yeah, yeah. Those are like the only two Wizards I knew before. That's started awesome. Watching, um, and John Wall, you know, but he was traded. Anyway, uh, we are going to be talking some. MLS, we're going to be catching up on some of those games that happened. Uh, the Gold Cup squad was released, 60 names. We're not going to go over them because, really, it's every player that could possibly be called in, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll lower that to, like, the 23. At a later point, uh, people were flipping out that Luca Della Torre weren't, wasn't on there. It looks, sounds like now he asked to stay with his club team to, to be able to try to make the qualifying rosters mm-hmm. for the World Cup. Which makes sense. I uh, people are upset that uh, Musa wasn't called in because mm-hmm. uh, he didn't really play in the Nations League stuff. But 
uh, it's probably best for him to stay with his club team as well. He's going to want to be able to fit in there and then try to make the qualifying roster as well. You, you know, this Gold Cup is really for people that have yet to really impress or get as much game time as they uh, probably should. So I, it's more for depth at this point. And the people got to remember in July, a lot of these teams will start some kind of camp coming up, whether it's the European clubs or um, some of the South American clubs, they'll go in and start their training because their seasons start in the fall. So um, I know that's why a lot of the, I mean, there's a lot of guys listed that are probably going to be playing in Europe and that's why you see such a long name, but it's going to be mostly MLS guys. That's pretty much what people have deciphered from the list. It's going to be a lot of the Mm -hmm. Jackson Ewells and Daryl DKs and Sam Vines and those kind of guys that we saw with the, the qualifying team down with the Olympics, just because there's such a, I mean, none, you got to think about this. These guys have been on a weird schedule, especially for Premier League. They what they stopped in like what October of last year and picked back up in like November. So here, here, here's how I wanted to introduce the show. I totally forgot. I want to introduce it as this is MLS is back part four. We had, <laughs> we had MLS is back last yeah. summer. Then we had MLS is back in October for the rest of the season or whatever, right? September. Mm-hmm. And then we had MLS is back to start the season. And now this is part four where we had that three-week break or whatever. And now MLS is back again. Is back, is back, is back, is back. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's that's kind of what we've been at at this point. Um, so I feel like every time we do one of these shows, it's like, oh, MLS is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to start saying it every, every, even when there's only like a day in between, be like, MLS is back. <laughs> nice. You know? Oh gosh. Uh, but today there is a game Miami versus Orlando. Do we know if this has a, a, a Darby name? No. So I think you and I were discussing it pre-show. It doesn't have a Darby name. Like I don't, I, not that I've caught on to at least being a fan for the first time this year. Um, doesn't seem like it does. Um, so I think you and I had discussed about coming up with a Darby name if it doesn't already have one, um, which I think could be some kind of fun stuff there. I was thinking about the uh, my first one was like the Florida Fun Cup. So just because uh-huh. it would be a lot of fun and FF, uh, you got the alliteration there. Um, I, I joked about the Scandal Cup, but Orlando doesn't really have a scandal, so you know which one I'm talking about. Um, I don't know, like the Battle of... Because they're not really on the coast. About Miami is, but Orlando's not. Um, I don't know. It's it's like a weird the Disney World Cup, the Disney Disney. I don't know. Shield. No idea. Yeah, I was gonna say because Miami has nothing to do with Disney, so it's tough. Yeah. Uh, I looked up. <laughs> I looked up trying to find an answer. I found a Reddit post on the Inner Miami subpage that said it should just be called the Florida Derby. Then there's an SBI soccer article from June of last year that says, what should we call this? And it has options. Sunshine Classico, the Turnpike Derby, Florida Classico, Tropical Derby, Florida Derby. Uh, Let's view results. Sunshine Classico is winning that poll from a year ago. How about just calling it like the Sunshine Cup or something like that? Like Classico... I don't know. I, I I don't like the. I get I get the, like the guys in in Miami wanting it to be of like Spanish sounding uh, like linguistic, but like Orlando is not really heavily Hispanic. It's more Brazilian, South American. Like that's a lot of the Brazilian cultures here. 
So like calling it the Classico, I don't think it ends in the same way as it does in Brazil. Wikipedia has it listed as the Everglades Cup. That's just Miami, though. It sucks. <laughs> I don't get it. Like it'd be like naming it the Disney Cup. I don't know. I guess the, there's no this yeah. the, the worst state cup. I have no idea. What do you what do you uh yeah, no I in think, no in cup cup? I think something like the sunshine, something that has to do with the state of Florida. The sunshine the, shield. Or the orange the orange cup or something. There you you know, something with oranges yeah. or sunshine. I think would fit uh, these two teams the most. Because uh, if Tampa had right. a team, it made sense. Like if it, Tampa, you called the the I four Cup or something like that. But yeah, Miami's not anywhere near I four. And the Turnpike, like nobody goes on the Turnpike. Everybody saves money and goes off the Turnpike. I'll tell you, I had to go down the Turnpike a lot this trip, and man, does <laughs> that bleed you dry or what? Oh, oh gosh, it takes a picture every two seconds if anybody's not from Florida. So just be aware. Well, it was, uh, it was, I had to use the uh, tolls. so much cash. Yeah. Yeah. The tolls, yeah. Yep. Welcome to Florida. I remember getting stuck on there on program and that was like, oh yeah. Awful. Then you're worried about surviving the next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh man, that was all my money for the week. What am I going to do? It was like six McDonald's trip right there. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh so let's talk about some games that have happened in the past. So we came back from break for a one-off game. As weird as that sounds. Austin <laughs> versus Sporting Kansas City. This was in Kansas City. This was on June 12th right before I left pretty much. Uh, we didn't have time to get together and, and do one of these. And even then, it's like, do we do one for one game or, or not? But uh, Dominguez scored early for Austin in the 26th minute. Kansas City scored in the 71st minute through Salloway, made it 1-1. Uh, then we kind of came back from break for real on the 18th. And this had a bunch of games on that Saturday. New York Red Bulls beat Nashville 2 nil salt lake beat vancouver 3-1 with two stoppage time goals in the 90 plus 2 and 90 plus 5 pretty interesting there that was at rio tinto then we had colorado beat cincinnati in west end stadium 2-0 we had historic crew stadium get closed out with two two jassy zardes goals to make it 2-0 over Chicago. We'll talk a little bit about Chicago later. New England Revolution on the 19th beat New York City uh, FC 3-2 with a late Tommy McNamara goal in the 88th minute. Uh, also on the 19th, Orlando over Toronto 3-2. That game was crazy you were watching wow. that while i was somewhere i was That's in uh, i think i was in like hollywood studios or something and you're mm -hmm. like game started one <laughs> one minute in and tesho akandeli scores right mm -hmm. then eight minutes in another goal right then 10 minutes in akinola scores then in the uh 39th minute osorio ties it up and then in the 84th minute 
uh, it, it, you guys take the lead there through uh, through uh, was it Urso Jr. Right? Mm-hmm. They spell this out. They spell out his full name, O D Almeida Jr. So that was kind of throwing me off there. <laughs> Uh, also, also on the 19th, uh, DC beat Miami. There was uh, two red cards for Miami, and this was at Audi Field. Ola Kamara scores a penalty in the 72nd minute. Also on the 19th, we had Dallas versus Minnesota. That game finished 1-1 with Frag uh, Fragapane and Pepe scoring goals there. Austin get held to a scoreless draw in their opening of Q2 Stadium. Nil-nil with San Jose. We'll talk about Austin's fans' reaction to that when we get to that Tuesday night Orlando game. Hmm. Uh, also on that Saturday night, that's right. that was a Saturday, the 19th. Yeah. Uh, Seattle to LA Galaxy 1 uh, LA Galaxy had to come from behind after a Shasha Kleshton penalty kick in the 21st minute. And they get two goals in the 41st and 49th minute. Uh, Portland beat SKC. A little bit of a surprise with the way Portland was struggling before and Kansas City was on a hot form. But goals from Espria and Loria give Portland a 2-1 come from behind victory at Providence Park. Then, on the 20th, the only game that happened on that Sunday was Atlanta United, Philadelphia Union. Casper uh, Shabilko, own goal in the 58th minute, gives Atlanta the lead. Then in the 82nd minute, Walks gets a goal for Atlanta to make it 2-0. Then Corey Burke uh, pulls one back in the 84th minute. Then in the 90-plus-3, Jacob Glesnus does it again. He does... <laughs> Almost a repeat of what he did against LAFC mm-hmm. in 2020 before COVID shut everything down. But this time, instead of a dead ball, it is ball on the move. Atlanta doesn't close them down, and he scores a cracker of a goal. Then we had, what, two days off, and then yep. Orlando, San Jose. Orlando beats San Jose 5 nil <laughs> five nil uh this game was crazy too because it started it was supposed to start at like seven o'clock or seven thirty thirty yeah got pushed to eight o'clock or a little after eight mm-hmm. uh then they get like 30 some minutes in and yeah, then like have to st- stop for another hour and a half or so it was like till 9 30 mm-hmm. pick it back up again finish the first half then go into halftime come back out and finish the game. This game's finished right when I was boarding my plane, pretty much. It was like <laughs> 11, 11.30-ish. Uh, crazy, but those had goals from, uh, I guess it was Nani, right? Uh, yeah. Benji, Daryl DK, Daryl DK, and Benji, Michelle. Again, 5-0. It was 3-0 before they had to postpone <laughs> <laughs> and stop for weather again. Let me tell you, that weather was crazy because I was in Orlando. It was wicked. I couldn't go to the game, but I was in Orlando. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was just crazy weather. Then on Wednesday, we had New England Revolution beat New York Red Bulls 3-2. NYCFC beat Atlanta 1-0. Philadelphia Union beat Columbus at Subaru Park. 
That game finished 1-0 as well. Uh, then we had Cincinnati got on the scoreboard and actually got three points. They got them from a team that might be equally or worse than them, Chicago. Uh, then we had Minnesota beat Austin 2-0. Montreal and D.C. finished 0-0 at Miami Stadium. Uh, <laughs> figure that one out in a few years when you forget all about what happened. Uh, Houston versus Portland finishes 2-2. SKC win 3-1 over the Rapids. Nashville Beats Toronto again, 3-2. So this is like, you know, uh, they're kind of continuing that from the playoffs there. Seattle continue to roll on 2-1 over Salt Lake. LAFC with Carlos Vela scoring 2-0 over FC Dallas. And LA Galaxy over Vancouver 2-1. And tonight, the day we're recording this, Miami versus Orlando, 8 o'clock, FS1. You might have already listened to this, or this episode might be coming out right when that's coming on. But uh, what a wild week and a half of, uh, I mean, it really wasn't even a full week. It started mm-hmm. on that Friday and played until Wednesday. <laughs> but what a wild week. What, what stands out to you here on, on any of these scores? Because we're about to look at the standings here. So without going into where people are ranked, just like, what are your ultimate thoughts here on some of those results? Um, so, like, uh, there's a couple things. New England is finally playing like New England should. Um, I, I think that they've kind of turned this corner. You and I had been back and forth on them. That was just because I think it was it was too early on, and, and, and you know, teams had games in hand, and they were still ahead of New England, but now New England's just kind of taking this turn. Um, they won five straight. Um the next one, I guess, is Philly, just because Philly continues to just roll. Um, you know, I, I think they've got such a good defense that, that it's really hard for teams to beat them, especially when they travel into Subaru Park, um, which it wasn't the case at the beginning of the year. So kind of correcting the ship and, and getting it the right way. Um, and I guess the next thing uh, that really stuck out to me um, was maybe just how like bad Vancouver is. <laughs> Like it, we haven't talked much about them, but I mean, just listening to Sam go on his little rants on, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, with Dos Santos and you're getting the same kind of performance year in and year out. Um, and, and I will get them a little bit later, but those were kind of the things that stuck out to me. Everything else, it was kind of like this weird roller coaster week, couple weeks, and I figured it would because teams are kind of getting their feeding, like their foot feet. What a how, footing? Thank you. <laughs> their foot feet. It's been a long. They're getting time. their foot feet. Yeah, it's I'm rusty, but just kind of like they would win or lose, or they would win two games or lose two games. So it's just kind of this week where everybody kind of stayed put and didn't really shuffle around. Um, there wasn't a whole lot going on as far as moving places. It seems like the teams kind of just stand pat in the standings, but we'll get into that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think the biggest takeaway has been New England so far. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's look at the standings just briefly here. What I'm going to do is uh, I wish I could fit this. Oh, I can. Okay. Maybe I can share it on, on here. Um, let's see. 
There we go. Hey, All right. So so we're looking at this. New England, number one in the East. Orlando, number two. Philadelphia, number three. That's pretty much how those have been going. Those three teams have been shifting around the, the first three spots recently. New York City, FC is in fourth with Columbus Crew in fifth. Nashville in sixth. DC United, surprise, surprise, in seventh place. 13 points. Out of 10 games, they're averaging 1.3 points per game. Red Bulls in eighth underneath of the playoff line. Montreal in ninth. We had them kind of low in our in our previews. Uh, Atlanta in 10th, which are struggling mighty at this point. Miami. We talked about how much of a cluster Miami is. Guess what? They're uh they're in eleventh place. They're still above some of these <laughs> other teams here. And then we have uh, Cincinnati in 12th, Toronto in 13th, and Chicago in 14th. And at this point, I'm starting to think we might be right with Cincinnati, that they may not get wood and spoon. And the only reason that might be is just because of how bad Toronto and Chicago have been this year. They've been awful. I mean, when you look at the teams – that's why like, I kept reading, reading things. How is Chris Armas still? Um, and it was after the Toronto and Orlando game. It was like, what's more shocking than the fact that like the storyline was more about like how Chris Armas is still not the right fit as than it was uh, Orlando kind of coming back and beating Toronto there. But yeah, I, you're right. They've, they've both been really bad. And, you know, trying to compete with Cincinnati shouldn't be that hard, but it's proven to be. Yeah, and I, one thing that sticks out too is the fact that Cincinnati beat Chicago in Chicago. Um, <laughs> I, I, will say, I will say I that we'll, we'll have to talk about Chicago's new crest here that came out like mm. while I was down there, I think. Yeah. So we'll have to talk about that a little later in the show here. But this is just, uh, you know, when we're looking at the East, because I don't want to stay on the East too long. So let's just kind of look at everything here. Uh, you know, the top of the East, like I said, like we said, have been kind of consistent, right? Mm-hmm. These uh, top four. You know, when we're looking at the top, yeah, three or four, uh, New England with 23 points, uh, 10 games played. That's really good. 2.3 mm-hmm. points per game. They've only drawn twice. They've lost one. They've had seven wins. Uh, now, they've given up 11 goals, but they still win these games. Orlando, 18 points out of nine games. So they saw that game in hand, which can put them at, you know, 21 points uh, with that game in hand, which would increase their lead over the Union. They're kind of even on points right now. Only one loss, three draws, but only given up six goals. Union have only given up seven. Columbus has only given up seven. Uh, even Montreal has only given up nine, and they're in ninth place. It's pretty crazy. But when you start looking at these bottom teams, Chicago giving up 14 goals and only scoring four. Mm-hmm. Toronto giving up 18 goals. <laughs> That's the most in the East. And scoring 12. Cincinnati is above Toronto, but they've given up 17 and have only scored seven. And Miami have given up 14. Like When you look at these bottom teams, it's giving up 14 or more goals in all these while the top teams giving up anywhere between 6 to 11. So it's kind of showing you the difference there. Atlanta even has only given up 10. 
they just can't score. They just can't get wins. They're getting, you know, uh, five draws for Atlanta. So that's where Atlanta's going. Two wins, two losses, five draws. It's kind of a problem for Atlanta. So we're going to take a look at the West soon. Uh, is there any last thoughts you have on the East at all? So just uh, keeping informed with those bottom, I'd say bottom three teams, uh, Cincinnati's lost three of their last five. Uh, Toronto's lost four of their last five. And that other one was a draw. They haven't won one uh, in that stretch of five. And then Chicago lost four in their last five with a win. So <laughs> two teams or three teams trending the wrong way. Inter Miami too has uh, some too, because their last three have been losses too. So, um, so yeah, it's been tough for, for a lot of these teams and, and getting into like a stretch of the season where these are like those games in baseball where they really matter. Um, they always talk about the, tough, the the rough days in July and August about being like really tough to play. Um, I, I think this is that kind of same stretch right after this break and into kind of these competitions where teams are going to be missing players. Like this is a one, if you can keep mm-hmm. your head afloat, you can gain some ground like Orlando could. Uh, I mean, New England already has separated themselves some um, from the rest of the pack. Uh, I know mean, a lot of the teams have only played nine games, but um, even if Columbus, uh, NYCFC, and Nashville win, they're only up at 17 points, um, which is still not good enough to get up there with the crew, uh, or sorry, with New England, uh, Union, and City. So, it, you know, I think that looking at teams, uh, those bottom four are in a lot of trouble, and uh, that could spell the end for a, quite a bit of people there. Um, Raphael Wicke, that could be the end of him in Chicago. It probably already is. Could be. It should yeah. be. Toronto, Armis, I thought that was a one-year thing anyway. Um uh, Yopstam. Going to be. <laughs> yeah, Yopstam. Yopstam, uh, they're going to have to replace another Twitter photo with him because I think that's going to end pretty quickly. Yeah, they'll um, hire Mr. Clean next yeah. time. Yeah. Inter Miami is the one in kind of like that holding pattern where that could spell trouble for a couple more years just because of how much of a mess they're in right now, just because they're not playing well. They're in 11th. Um, they give up goals like it's Christmas. Um, and I think that they really struggle with bringing people in because of the, the DP issues, um, unless they can kind of sneak six or seven of them in again. So, <laughs> Well, here's the thing, too, about the East. You know, you have New England with 23. Mm-hmm. You have Orlando and Philly with 18. And I think those are the class of the East. And then you look lower than that. There's a four-point gap between third and fourth. Mm-hmm. But that gap from fourth to first is nine points but you have all those teams bunched up like the difference between fourth and ninth uh fourth and tenth Tenth. is three points Mm -hmm. three points so atlanta as bad as they've been can jump up there if they just start winning instead of drawing uh any of these teams except for toronto and chicago i think are still in this i think those two are the teams that are not cincinnati Mm -hmm. can border on that but they're still only six points behind at this point where they could make a run and they have two two games in hand they only theoretically play. yeah theoretically by yeah. points they could they could still move up but when you're looking at teams like toronto and 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 chicago i think they're about dead in the water as you can be which which is crazy toronto started off okay right like mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we thought they were going to be okay. Like they, we we thought like, they were going to be not low, low, but bottom we, of the playoffs, maybe. Uh, maybe what below. Did, what did we have them as? It's been a few weeks. Here's the Eastern 
predictions. We had them. I had them six. You had them seven. No. Shows what we know. <laughs> They've also been playing without Pozuelo, and he's only played one game since he's been back because he didn't play last game. So I don't. But Orlando has been playing without DK until last true. week. Yeah, but and, like and and Pato. they haven't had Pato yeah. since week one. Yeah, but Orlando is a different beast. I think. I think uh, Toronto is kind of on the edge of the door. The the Orlando was rising while Toronto had been dipping anyway, even though they had good seasons previous. I think their trajectory is more downhill than Orlando's is, especially them. And like, if you look at teams like Philly, Orlando, New England, NYCFC, the crew, like their trajectories have been pretty on point going forward. Uh, The rest of the teams, like we had questions about Montreal. I still have questions about Montreal. Um, They're doing well, well, but I think it's because I mean, think about the teams they're having to play. They're playing the Red Bulls, Atlanta, who's been really not good. Uh, Miami's not been great to start. Or they were good to start, but not so good since. And then, you know, Cincinnati um, and and Toronto and Fire down there at the bottom. I just don't know. I guess when we look at the West, you can kind of see where it varies. But the the East is – I think the East is more competitive than the West at times. So, Yeah, let's look at the West. Uh, We have Seattle with 24 points. 24 <laughs> points. They've had still no losses, averaging 2.4 points a game. Uh, we have Kansas City in second with 20 points, LA Galaxy in third with 18, Colorado in fourth with 16, Portland, who were struggling, are all the way up to fifth with 13 points, Houston even in sixth with 13 points, and Real Salt Lake. Look at these. Last four teams and the playoffs. Colorado, Portland is kind of expected, but then Houston and Salt Lake, nobody mm-hmm. was thinking that at this point. Then you have LAFC, who's starting to get hot. They're now up to eighth. At one point, they were like last place. Minnesota, at one point, was near the bottom. They're now up to ninth with 11 points. San Jose were once in our power rankings. They were once like second place in the West. They're now down oh, to no. 10th. Uh, they're averaging one point. Per game. So here's the cool thing. They're 10th place with 10 points after 10 games played. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, Austin is in 11th. Fans are freaking out over that. They have nine points. Vancouver in 12th with seven, and FC Dallas in seventh place, uh, in 13th place with seven points. Now, when we look at Goals conceded, like we just did in the other example. Seattle has only given up, if you can believe this, five. Hmm. That's the lowest in Major League Soccer. Looking at the rest of the teams, Kansas City have given up 14. LA Galaxy have given up 14. Colorado's given up 11. Portland has given up, you guessed it, 14. Houston has given up 15. RSL given up 10. LAFC has only given up 10. There's no defense out there. (laughs) Minnesota's given up 12. San Jose, 17. 17. Uh, Austin has given up 11. Vancouver and Dallas have given up, you guessed it, 14. That's kind of a common number here. But, yeah, when we look at this, the best defense is Seattle. The second best defense is Orlando with six. Mm -hmm. So, these top three teams have been the same pretty consistently. Seattle, uh, SKC, LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy, they're for real. 
right? Yeah, they're they're a playoff team, uh, but not. I don't think they're contenders, but I do think they're a playoff team. Yes, I think they're top of the West for like. Well, well, okay. Our famous question, Jordan, at the beginning or at the end of each preview, it was seen to be the case where all these teams thought that a successful season was top four in the playoffs. So I think that they're right now a successful team. But then when I look at teams below them, I just don't. Again, and it's really tough to compare the two because they do have different styles. It seems at times. But the East plays such better defense that, like, and they won't ever really play each other. The finals is really, really play each other because we no longer have games where they can travel. Yeah. So it's really tough to compare the two. But defensively, I mean, the East is so much more sound than the West. The West just gives up goals like it's nobody's business. So it makes you really question, like, you know, and when you really, really, when you look at the teams, though, I think Philadelphia has a really good defense. Uh, I think Orlando has a really good defense. I think NYCFCs play really well defensively. Um, you know, I there, there's times where United, I think, has played well. Um, it, yeah. it, DC United has played well defensively. Um, there's uh, Montreal's played really well defensively, which is shocking. Um, Atlanta, ha- that's their best part, uh, which is sad because they've got such a potent uh, attack on paper. Um, but when then when you look at the West, Jordan, you see like. Like you said, it went from five all the way to the end because nobody seventeen. Nobody's clo- yeah, nobody's close to Seattle in, in defense either. So I think uh, Real Salt Lake and uh, LAFC are second in defense, and they've given up ten goals. Where we have yeah. like four or five teams that don't. Are we surprised that San Jose have given up seventeen goals? Because I no, <laughs> not from. I mean, they did nothing last. They did nothing from last year to this year. I think they actually got worse because they had uh, who was it? Uh, is it uh, Taylor Tom- Thomas Thompson? Yeah, Taylor Thompson um, playing uh, a right back, which that wasn't going to go well because Nick Lima left. So, and Eric Rometty, a center defensive mid's not going to fix anything that's wrong with the center backs. So, um, and it does it, it does bode really poorly for Marchinkowski because he's got aspirations to kind of challenge Ochoa yeah. and Turner and them for. <laughs> but he's, I mean, right now he'd be like probably bottom of the barrel when you look at. Um, cause somebody's going to have to replace Zach Stefan, I think. So I think that when you're looking at guys, I think Matt Turner's made a good case to be number two in behind, uh, Ethan Horvath. So no, I'm not shocked when I look at San Jose, it's unfortunate because they had played so well to start the season, but ever since then, it's just been a, a really slippery slope downhill. Yeah. That's why, you know, we always try to say it's, you know, it's a long season mm-hmm. because sometimes people come out with the hot takes you know, pretty quickly here on, uh, you know, what, what this all means for, um, you know, for these teams. And now we're seeing like, you know, we started off very concerned about San Jose in the preseason. They had a really bad first game and then they started looking better in the second, you know, set of games. Mm -hmm. And then they looked really bad again. So Mm -hmm. like, I mean, this is what MLS is, and honestly, it's like you it's don't really wild. know you don't really know what you're getting at all. Um, but one thing that you know, when we're looking at this, that really sticks out to me is, you know, the West has a little bit more separation. I feel, uh, you know, when you're when you're looking at, um, sorry, I'm just also trying to get this. Uh, Chicago Fire logo ready yeah. for when we talk about that. <laughs> like they're one um, through nine spots. 
that where you're going with that? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what I was trying to say is, you know, about the um, – when we're looking at the uh, one through – more like, you know, how we were talking about four through seven, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, of the other one and how there was only like a three-point gap. There is like mm-hmm. a – I think an eight-point gap, so it's still kind of close, but it doesn't seem – as as close when i look at these um so for example we're looking at uh fourth place 16 points lafc with 12 in eighth the gap between nycfc and fourth and new york red bulls is two points Mm -hmm. you know so it's like double the point difference there but the, the East is really more bunched up, I feel, than here. Because you start getting to, I mean, I don't know, maybe not. Because like 7th no, and 13th got... is 5 points. I mean, yeah. it's 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 still so early in the season, I guess. You know, yeah. We've only played 10, 10 games, 11 games at max. SKC has played 11. Yeah, but That's even when you look at... Like, even when you look at teams with games in hand, so, like, if you look at Orlando and NYCFC, Nashville and Columbus, they have nine games played. If they all win, Orlando goes to 21 points. NYCFC goes to 17 with Nashville and crew at 17. Um, And then Red Bulls could get up to 15 if they win their game in hand and so on and so forth. Whereas, like, if you look at the West, um, if the Rapids win their game in hand, they'll be at 19. LA Galaxy could be at 21 um, I think you've got more at the top, like you said, in the West. And then the teams below them are just kind of trickling down off of them. Like Houston Dynamo has played 10 games, so they have their game. Um, Kansas City has played a lot. Like, I hate this COVID schedules because it screws up all the games. And it's really hard to, like, math which ones are which. Um, Portland looks rough. Uh, and I'm not sure that they're going to get any better. They just don't look like they have it this year. Well, they're um, fifth. Yeah, but they've looked I, – I mean, Salt Lake has – a game in hand, they could pass them along with, you know, the rest of the teams that have games in hands, but they have a game in hand. So, or two, if you really look at it, but I don't know. It, it just seems, it seems like when I watch the West, their teams aren't as good. And if maybe it's because I like, like I watch more of the East games, but yeah, you're not, biased. maybe, but then I look at like their defense and I'm like, they can't stop anybody from scoring. So I don't know. It's tough, but yeah, the, I, the West probably I would say has worse defense, but I think they have more exciting games. They do uh, because yeah. of that fact. Honestly. Yeah, they give up a lot more and people score a lot more over there. So yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, Orlando put five against San Jose. You're part of the reason they have 17 instead of 12 yeah. here, yeah. actually. Uh, so hey, but that's that's San Jose, right? We looked at some when we talked uh, when we talked with Jamin in the off season. You know, we're looking at some of their score lines, and it's like three one, three nil. Then losing three nil, losing four yeah. nil, winning four one, losing I mean, five nil. But they haven't had, they haven't had those score lines in their favor this year as much. No, if they've won, it's been by lower amounts usually. But their losses have been, some of their losses have been really bad, like the Orlando game. Yeah. So like, if you're looking at the table right now, I mean, who are you looking at that like? has absolutely either exceeded expectations or really just gone way below what we thought they were going to be. Like I've got one in mind and it's, it's on the West. Yeah. On the West. uh, I mean, 
I had Austin in tenth place. They're in eleventh right now, so mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty dead on. Yeah. At this point, a team that I thought was going to be really good that isn't is Minnesota, but mm-hmm. they're on they're on the rise. I think that I think by the end of the season, Minnesota and LAFC are still in those playoff spots, and Houston and Salt Lake fall out of them. Yeah, that's like what I would I, say. When I look at the West, everybody's kind of fallen in a place where we thought they would be. Obviously, Minnesota's kind of that weird one. I mean, I actually uh, had Dallas in there. That's what I thought. So like, did you, yeah. Looking at Dallas, uh, it's shocking to me, like, how bad they've been. Um, and they really don't score. Like, they no. have a really tough time scoring. They have which, four? Yeah. Or is it No, four? no, they've got nine. Nine, they nine, nine goals, yeah. yeah. Um, and anybody below them is Vancouver and Austin. One um, win. One yeah. win for Dallas. Yeah. Four draws. That's, that's Chicago Fire style, except Chicago doesn't draw anybody. They just lose. Oh, yeah. So let's look <laughs> at wooden, wooden Spoon then, right? Wooden yeah. Spoon still goes to Chicago at four points, <laughs> even after looking at how bad Dallas and Vancouver are. Uh, so that that's the thing about the East as well, though, right? The West, at least, their bottom teams have seven points. Looking at the East, we have Toronto with five and Chicago yeah. with four. Cincinnati – would be bottom of the West right now. And there they are in 12th place. They're feeling pretty good. Yeah. I just feel like our top five or six are really good teams. Like Nashville's a really good team. Uh, yeah. Columbus is a really good team. NYCFC is a good team. Orlando's a really good team. New England's a really good team. Philly's a really good team. Whereas you have this big is... gap, I think, of, of levels in West. I think in the West you have three sections. I think you've got the top two which are sporting in Seattle. I don't think there's going to be much variance. Maybe LA Galaxy, if they can still keep going. We'll see. They've been up and down and up and down lately. I don't think Rapids are on their level. So I think that's where like the next tier starts. And then I think it drops down into like the eighth or ninth spot. And then after that, it goes from the 10th to like the 13th. Because I don't think those teams are anywhere close to the other teams. Question for you going back to the East. Is DC a good team? Oh, man. Yeah. I'm starting to think they are. The way that they're being coached has... Like, if I had to pick a manager of the year right now, it'd probably be Bruce Arena. But then after that, I'd have to go with D.C. just because of Hernan Losada's taking that team from what many thought mm-hmm. was going to be like a bottom-tier 12th to 14th team. And he's got them up in seventh. And their defense has looked pretty decent for them. Um, their goal scoring, I think they're going to have to get more goal scoring, obviously, just because they, they lack that some. But the way that they play defense and – and with what the talent level they have, they're not as talented as the other teams, but they sure are playing a lot better. They don't have like that star person you turn to and go, oh, yeah, he's great. Um, th- this team, like you said, Jordan, I think it's they- – they're a good team. Like I think they, they kind of hang around that seven spot for the rest of the year, I hope. so. I mean, yeah, so, so let me show this. We've talked about how, how good Caden Clark has been. We've talked about how good – Bo and books have been and how good Nani has been, right? Mm-hmm. But you know who has one less goal than Nani and even with all those other guys I mentioned? Ola Kamara. Ola Kamara with four. So he's having a pretty good season for himself. I think he had, what, like three last year? Yeah. He, he didn't have a lot last year, right? And no, he's already got four. Mm-hmm. He's already got four. We have, uh, but you're right. They, they still need probably more than that. Everybody else on their team that has scored a goal has only scored one. Mm-hmm. Julian Gressel still hasn't really showed up yeah. uh, well for them this year. But look at that. They're in the playoff spot. Now, again, the gap, let's just say this because it's still early. We're a third, almost a third of the way into the season. D- 
DC, 13 points out of 10 games played. They're going to play 34, so they got 24 more games to go. The gap between them and out of the playoffs is one point. So that Mm -hmm. can literally change this weekend. But let's go ahead and start looking ahead to the week that will be. Let's look at the schedule here. Tonight, like I said, Miami versus Orlando. As soon as we hop off here, we're pretty much going to go watch that game. That's in Miami. Drive Pink Stadium. Or actually, Drive Stadium, as it's spelled. Uh, Tomorrow, on my birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, 30. Jeez. You're old, man. I am, yeah. Midlife crisis time now. Uh, Kansas City versus LAFC on ESPN at 530. That's Saturday, June 26th. That's a big matchup for the West. LAFC kind of starting to get hot. SKC have been a little hot. They did just have a loss in one of those two games this week. But, uh, you know, they're still second place in the West. Uh, LAFC probably need the points, but it's at Kansas City. So we'll see what happens there. Toronto versus Cincinnati. This is two bottom feeder teams at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Uh not much else to say there, is it really? <laughs> uh, may the best team draw. I don't know. Win. Yeah, you know I what? Probably. I would. I would maybe bet on Cincinnati winning. As weird as that sounds. Are they at home though? No, it's at oh, okay. Empty, then win. empty yeah, Toronto. Win. Empty they'll Toronto. Uh, so empty Orlando, right? <laughs> uh, and then we have Chicago versus Philadelphia uh, Union at Soldier Field, Chicago. Union Union should win that game. Even at Soldier Field. They only had like 5,000 people show up last time. So they're in major need. We're going to talk about them in a little bit with the rebrand, but they're in some major need of something in Chicago. I don't even know how to fix that situation right now. Salt Lake versus Houston at 8 o'clock. Uh, Nashville versus Montreal at 8.30. That's a pretty entertaining game now that Montreal's been doing better. Nashville's in the playoff spots. Salt Lake and Houston is really good because those teams have snuck into playoff spots right now. Uh, Salt Lake and Houston is on Unimas, TUDN, and Twitter, 8 o'clock. 8.30, Nashville, Montreal, and ESPN+. 9 o'clock, a Cascadia matchup with Seattle versus Vancouver at Lumen Field on ESPN+. Uh, Another... Unimas, TUDN, and Twitter game is San Jose versus LA Galaxy at PayPal Park for San Jose. It's 10 o'clock. 11.30. So it looks like a late night for my birthday here. Portland versus Minnesota at 11.30. That's on ESPN+. Plus. That's in Portland. On Sunday, there are four games. Atlanta versus New York Red Bulls. Uh, that's at 3.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Six o'clock, it's NYCFC versus DC United. Those teams are both in the playoff spots. We were just talking about DC. If they can win, uh, pull off a win at New York City, which are actually playing in New Jersey Red Bull Arena. Um, DC social media team had a really great <laughs> use of the Anakin Padme meme going around. I suggest looking that up. Austin versus Columbus, the big one. The ones Austin fans say they do not care about Columbus, but created T-shirts about Columbus, keep saying F Columbus. 
starting to think they care about Columbus. <laughs> we know Columbus cares about Austin because they did that whole uh, plane. Did you see that? Where, where they put a plane over Q2 Stadium with the saying like pre-court's a jerk or whatever. There's no. something about pre-court. Yeah, awesome. they flew it over Q2 Stadium on opening day. Uh, that's at 8 o'clock on FS1. 9 o'clock, Dallas versus New England. That should be an easy three points for New England, but it is in Dallas at 9 o'clock. I think this Portland-Minnesota game, was that that was moved, I think, yeah. to 11.30. Yep. I think that's still the right time. Merritt Paulson came out on Twitter today saying they were moving that due to the heat. Yep. Um, but he used the West Coast time, so I'm going to look that up real quick. I was going to say, come down here and play in Florida. We know something about heat. Yeah, he's saying they're pushing it back to 8.30. It was at 8 o'clock. Uh, so, it's, so it was at 11 o'clock Eastern, and now it's at 8.30. So this website is updated, so we're, we're good to go there. Um, what games stick out to you here? Man, there's some rough. These are some rough games this weekend. Um, there's a lot of variants. Like, there's like really good versus really bad, really good versus really bad, really good. Versus, but again, it's MLS. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm looking forward to the one tonight, but I do think it has the potential oh, yeah. to be one of the better ones of the weekend. Uh, the Columbus one and Austin one is the most intriguing, I think, of the weekend, just because of the the whole storylines. The all field. Um, yeah, it's at Q2, so another game at Q2, so that's fun. Pre-court being there and Austin not being able to defend or score, really. So that should be fun. Uh, Columbus can't score, though, either. So I don't know how this is going to end. Maybe it'll be a 0-0 draw again. But um, And then after that, I would say that the, the, New York, the NYC FC game versus DC United is a game that I'm looking forward to watching, too. Yeah, I think there's some really good matchups. SKC versus LAFC, really looking forward mm -hmm. to that one. Of course, I'm looking forward to Chicago-Philly because I think that Philly could probably grab some points there. Uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm looking forward again to San Jose-LA. They, they've played that game before recently, mm -hmm. start the, near the beginning of the season. Uh, that was fun. Uh, I, I love watching this Galaxy team with Chicharito, eight goals. He's still top of the golden boot list right now, so... It's all exciting. Those are probably my three games that I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, so let's talk Chicago Fire rebrand. And I have, if you're listening to the audio show, we do have a graphic I'm pulling up on the video feed. If you haven't seen the Chicago logo, you can find it. They, they posted all about it. But uh, here it is. Ready? So here we go. This shows all three logos. I got this set up here. You can clearly see the inspiration from the first logo hmm. uh, and zero inspiration from the second logo. <laughs> <laughs> Get as far away from that other one as we can. What so, logo? For people that don't remember, this crest, Chicago Fire FC crest, that uh, came out, it was released in November 2019. They wore it for 2020. They're wearing it this year, and next year they're going to the, to the third crest. Did not go over well. They call it the crown badge because they have like fire that looks like a crown. I don't mm -hmm. know how else to describe it. Uh, never really got what they were going for with that because it almost just looks like a reflection of the fire. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't look like 
like usually you'd have red then yellow and then orange as yeah. like the flames and the same thing not like a reflection reverse. yeah so i'm not really sure what they're going for there and it just i i mean really when you have something as good as that first one you're like why did you change it to that yep i don't get it this third one though looks really nice and you can see the inspiration you have the c that chicago always has right mm-hmm. you have the little line that the cincinnati reds and the chicago bears and almost every team at the c has i don't know why right <laughs> but they have it there and they had it in the first one there you go then uh you have you have a cat meow uh, you have <laughs> <laughs> she likes you have, it. you have the cross like the fire cross right whatever that's called mm-hmm. uh it was a little bit more pronounced in the first one here but you, you have it in here, and you have the light blue, the light, uh, the white, and the red. These are Chicago's colors. These are the Chicago flag. And you have the star in it. So the star is a good addition. The star was also in the first one. If you see the little white spikes mm-hmm. around here. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I do like this one. I think the first one is still probably the best one they've ever had. Maybe it's a little outdated. Maybe you could have just taken this first one and just kind of used these colors now. I don't know. I like the C better in the first one because I think it looks more unique than this block C. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I like this crest. Uh, I like it better than the Revolution's new crest that we just looked at last episode. I don't know. There's just something about it that I think is... It's a, it's a good crest, Right. Yeah, uh, it goes well with the rest of the city. It's going to be really confusing for the Bears and the Cubs because they're all C's and they're going to be like, what logo is that? Um, No, but I like it. I I like the colors. I've always liked the Chicago flag, so I thought that that was really well done. I think it represents the neighborhoods really well. So, Um, no, you know, I I, I like this one. Uh, I I hate the one that they currently have. Like you said, Jordan, it it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It looks like a crown, like you said. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I liked what they did here. Uh, and it does, it does seem like they used fan input. So that's what they said they had yes, they did. Doing. Yep. So, um, that, that's the biggest thing for me. And I'm glad that Chicago's figured it out. I'm glad the crew has kind of figured that out. Um, there was rumors about new England having a new crest as well going around, um, and they filed for their patent. Um, and there yeah. were, there's, this, looks, is, a, this is yeah. official. Yeah. I mean, this is as official as it gets. So we've had what? This is like the third episode in a row we've talked about some kind of logo. I think um, so. Or close to it. Uh, and then uh, who was it that tweeted that out? Somebody else. Jason Davis said that yeah, there was another, so there's another one on the rebrand. Yeah. So yeah. Jordan and I were trying to guess at that last episode. Um, so if you have any ideas, I guess drop us a, a comment on Twitter or something as to who you think is due for a rebrand or if there's any teams. The Rapids yeah. would probably do for one, and I would still probably agree to that. Yep. I did see a girl in Disney wearing a – I don't know what it was. It was like the Rapids logo, but it was Carolina Rapids. I don't know if it's like a youth team or something, but it looked, It was the same exact Rapids logo mm-hmm. for Carolina instead of Colorado. Interesting. I that was interesting. I was like, that's I've never seen that before. That'd be a different kind of rebrand, a whole city swap. Yeah, but stay in <laughs> Colorado. Way, yeah, it'd be a way to announce a – or that, or it would be a whole or horrible way to announce that announce a team's relocating. Ex- yeah, yeah. Like yeah, Miami's tired of being down in Miami. They want to be called Tampa now. They want to be Fort Lauderdale, mm. where they play. Yeah. Um, 
let's look at the power rankings real quick. This is we're not doing a separate episode for this this week. Maybe never again. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> Seattle Sounders in first, Revs in second. I don't think you can argue that they both have the better points. Seattle still hasn't lost that. You can't really argue that. SKC in third. Might be able to argue that, but uh, Orlando in fourth and Union in fifth seems seems pretty clear on our end. Uh, what was just going through your mind when you were making the top five here? Well, obviously, I, I knew one and two easily. Uh, there was no question. New England's played too well over the last five. Seattle's just been really good all season. Um, to have that many points per game is uh, incredible. Um, the Sporting Kansas City and Orlando one, it's still kind of like, okay, either one could go each place. Uh, I still think that SKC is much more difficult to beat at times um, at home than, than Orlando can be. Orlando's drawn a couple times at home. Uh, it seems like Sporting has a real difficult time being beat at home. Um, and I think that in a West, they look a little bit better right now just because the, the teams that they're having to beat, uh, I think, are better teams at the top two. Um Orlando, again, that could have gone either way. Um, and then Philadelphia. Like, Philadelphia is like that person that you just kind of doubt the whole season and they're just going to be there until the end. They're, they're kind of like becoming this team in MLS where they're just so steady that they're going to always be there to compete with you. And it seems like uh, you you might as well um, hang up your boots uh, if you visit Subaru Park now because I think they finally got back into that stretch where they feel like they can't be beat at home. Uh, and that's scary because – uh, that's kind of that groove they got into last year that made them so good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that uh, this is the second week in a row with these five, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. in the playoffs, these teams these teams could beat each other. I mean, there, there's nobody that I would pick in this group that's like the heavy favorite because I think all five of them are really good teams. So. Seattle Revs final would be really cool. That never it never works be out that way, but I think that'd be a really good final. Revs never won it. Uh, they've they were like the Bills, where you know where they make it four times and don't win it. Um, those are all five really good fan bases too. I mean, those are pretty yeah. passionate fan bases. Uh, Mercy Park's really tough to play in. Uh, Lumen Field's difficult to play in. Seattle and Orlando are both very difficult places to come. Revs is into. probably the worst of the fan bases. Yeah, I would say that. And plus, they're they need a stadium. Yeah, playing at Gillette can't be – playing at a non-specific stadium, non-soccer-specific stadium has got to be tough because it just doesn't have the same atmosphere. At Orlando and stuff, I feel like I'm on top of the players. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, Seattle plays in Lumen Field, but it, it's just different so because they do love – like mm-hmm. Seattle has been a big part of that mm-hmm. city for so long, the Sounders have. Um, Revs really need to break into the mainstream of Boston and, and that mm-hmm. area – and that would help with the stadium. Um, who knows? They might actually get a stadium before. NYC I was going to say, it sounds like they're going to. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like recently Kraft has had actual serious conversations about adding a stadium in 2023. So we'll see. We'll they see. said that a few years. Uh, they added a training facility. So that's one step. Yeah. But good. That, that, that was good. I think, I think we caught everything up uh, mm-hmm. on on this so far i mean there's i think right i mean i don't think we really missed anything we didn't talk about how good gerald dk was i mean he was really good uh <laughs> that was his first full game right he played yeah one played, other yeah. half of the other or something yeah um 
that's why you keep on to him, man. And people are like, well, what if he doesn't come back and score goals? Uh, then he lowers his value. He comes back and immediately scores two goals. Two good goals, too. They weren't yeah, like... his value is going to continue to climb. He's going to play well. And mm-hmm. his partnership with Nani, if you're Orlando, like I keep saying, you hold on to him this year, not just through the summer, and you get him. Yeah, elevated. And he's going to play in qualifying, I think. So it, his value is only going to go up. And a lot. In Gold Cup. Yeah. 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 So, and like just his value is going to go tremendously. And there's no real purpose in selling him now unless a team just absolutely knocks down your door with an offer. And if Orlando um, holds on to him, uh, you know, if, if he goes to the Gold Cup, that doesn't affect him that much. No. When it comes to like they, they've hung around in the top two mm-hmm. of the East without him. Uh, they're getting Pato back. If they lose him to Gold Cup and then he comes back and you guys make a run in the playoffs, that's what you need him for. You need him for the run in the playoffs because you guys mm-hmm. are going to make the playoffs barring an epic collapse because the team has just been consistent, right? Mm-hmm. And with him back, you're going to c- continue to climb yeah. theoretically. But you need him ready to go for the playoffs, and that's when you make your push of Nani's last year, supposedly, in Orlando. You have Daryl DK. You have you know Vander Varder, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Mueller. You, you you have everybody try to make this run now with Pato and all them, and then you sell him in the off season. He goes somewhere else. You get twenty million or or around that, or slightly less than that, and you have a trophy. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah, and you got to be really concerned with him too because one, like he's turning out to be competitive for the number one spot in the U.S. men's national team. But you got to think, too, that Orlando's probably better off holding it on to him for the year, too, anyway, because at least selling him in January or February, like you're in the part of the Premier League or wherever he's going to end up, where it's going to be like a ladder stretch of the season, and then he'll have that break. Whereas, like, if he's playing MLS and then he goes to Premier, he's got to play this whole next season. Yeah. Um, or, like, Bundesliga, he's got to play this whole next season um a whole season uh whereas at least he'd get a break next summer or yeah next summer if you yeah, sold yeah. him i can you, see what you mean yeah. you know what i mean because they're going to give and plus i feel like the mls is a perfect perfect setup because orlando could take him out for two or three matches where in premier league you can't take down a striker for a month um right and just kind of give him some time so we shall see but i think he stays i think he holds i mean this is your best chance for an orlando mls cup mm-hmm. i think this year out of any mm-hmm. year they're never been this high, really, to be second place in the East right now. Yeah. And that's without him and without Pato. And the fact that both of them are coming back now, that's a real chance to, to mm-hmm. challenge the Revs and challenge the Union and, and try to nab a home playoff game mm-hmm. that gets you a trophy, maybe. Right. And uh, then, then you can let them go and, you know, He'll be ready to go, and he'll be. I, I, I would rather that. I'd rather Orlando kind of hold on to him, try to make a push here, than what we see from Dallas. What we see from Dallas doesn't work, as we see. They're in last place, but they bring in these players real quick. We had Reggie mm-hmm. Cannon; he's gone. A few weeks later, Brian Reynolds is gone. Yeah, and those players barely like Brian Reynolds barely played for mm-hmm. them at all, barely. And I'd rather a team be like, well, we also want to win. And we talked mm-hmm. about this when we when we talked about Dallas. Is are you just doing this to move players on and 
or are you trying to win? And to me, it, it doesn't feel like they're trying to win. It feels like they're just trying to have an academy move players money. through. And they're now, you know, bottom of the West. They're flipping houses like they flip paper. That, that's how they flip. They flip pay players and they don't have real interest in keeping value. So, I don't know. Well, they, Orlando, they Orlando is seemingly taking the gamble. Of, yeah. We'll play them and we're going to try to win and then we'll sell them. Yeah, hell, Dallas brought in Weston McKinney for a picture, and now they're going to sell him back to Juventus. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's funny too because he never really even he never touched the pitch with them. <laughs> you know, when he was a youth player, yeah, he never he never made the senior team, and right, they had him. You know, they have him on a one day transfer. He's back, and, and I think that's funny. I take a picture like, oh, we produced him. It's like, but you also lost him for nothing. Like what you know, like that doesn't help either. Yeah, at least like. The Red Bulls were able to convince Caden Clark to come. He's going. That's official. He's mm-hmm. going to Leipzig. And, uh, you know, Union were able to convince Brendan Aronson to play here and then sell him later. Mm-hmm. Mark McKenzie. Caden oh, yeah. Clark. It was cool. Did you see uh, uh, Brendan Aronson and Mark, Mark McKenzie? McKenzie back. Were in, yeah. They were in the river end uh, mm-hmm. banging on the drums. They signed for a one-year deal. Yeah, they're all back. They're all playing MLS. That's nobody. They, they signed for a one-year deal, but yep. they're just in the Sons of Ben. They, they signed <laughs> a one-year deal with them, not the team. Yeah, they're all playing. They, that'd be crazy. Yeah, Pulisic like was at the uh, was at the Austin, Austin game. Game. Just imagine, oh, Jordan, just imagine, like it's this undercurrent of players all coming back to MLS. <laughs> be Everybody nuts. hated that. Everybody hated that. I loved it. I loved when Michael Bradley oh. and Josie. And Dempsey, Dempsey all yeah. came back. I was like, "This is great! I get to see these players here." Uh, what's his name was here still? Uh, Yadlin was still here. Yeah, was it Julian to see, Green too? I got no. to see Dempsey win a no. U.S. Open Cup in Philadelphia as he mm-hmm. beat my team. But uh, you know, stuff like that. You know, you, yeah. you can't. I, while it's great for them to get the higher level experience, it does suck when you're like, I can't even see like them play near me. Mm-hmm. Because how many like if if we're watching baseball and you have like Tatis Jr. When San Diego comes into town, you can go see him play. Mm-hmm. These other teams are never in town. We have to go overseas to really see them. And when they are in town, it's for pointless friendlies where they don't even play the first team most of the time. And you know you don't you never get to see these great players in person. Even the U.S. games, the U.S. games are massively overpriced compared yeah. to what they used to be. I guess at least a consolation is if you're if you're wealthy enough, you'll be able to see some World Cup action here soon. Um, yeah, but I mean, Arsenal and uh, Tottenham or Everton, one of the, Everton are coming to Orlando. Man, they're playing. They'll probably play. Um, I, who's I don't. Yeah, I don't. I said top teams. <laughs> Jordan Pickford oh. will be here. Matt will go see him. Yeah. Well, that about wraps us up here. Uh, Logan, do you like Loki? I do like Loki. Why? What's going on? Well, we have a podcast talking Loki. Only episode one is up right now because of uh, the vacation, so I have to make some makeup ones this weekend. But uh, me and Matt talked uh, episode one of Loki before I went on vacation, and uh, I'm probably going to have to try to see if he can knock out two this weekend or whatever. Um but yeah, it, it's been good. So you can listen to that there. That's on To the Infinity Saga and Beyond. You can check that out. I don't know when we're doing stoppage time again because mm, no real 
big no real transfer news, news has come yeah. out. Jaden Sancho looks to be going to Manchester United, but we kind of talked about that last year enough. <laughs> it was already a done deal. He it was, was already, already a, a, a very done something. deal last year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But right now, uh, we'll probably do another one of these. What Tuesday? I guess. Yeah, probably Tuesday. Uh, recapping the weekend stuff, and have a great rest of your week. And we'll catch you next time. Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.